Welcome to The Save Room, your safe haven for gaming news and discussion. My name is Kevin. And my name's Daniel. This is episode 128, the far distant sequel to 28 Days Later. 128 years later. <laughs> Could you imagine? Do you think we're positioned to get like a third movie in that installment? Oh, they've been talking about it forever. Really? I don't think it's going to happen. Danny Boyle, he got rich. He got rich That's on, uh, what was it, Life of Pi and whatnot? Yeah, he's too, he's too God-tier right now. He's, yeah, he's, he's an auteur. He's God-tier. And then the dude that wrote it, Alex Garland, mm-hmm. he's he's an auteur himself. He has a new movie called, uh, what is it, Him? He? Men. <laughs> it's Men. Oh, yeah, Men. Yeah, yeah, That dude made Deus Ex, uh, Mahina. Why did I think that was a Daniels Correct joint? Mahina. A what? Daniels? The Daniels? director Daniels? Oh! Yeah. Um, I think it might be Garland and Daniels together. No, Daniels, didn't they do uh, everything, everywhere, all at once? Hold on. There we go. We got to do some fact checking here. You might be right on that one. Hold on. So, Men. Men is Alex Garland. Movie. (laughs) Men movie A24. Men movie. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, no, (laughs) so you're right. Director, Alex Garland. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. A24. They read it? For some reason, it doesn't dive too far into that on the. Nobody cares about writers. Get out of here, writer. Oh, written and directed by Alex Garland. Garland. Oh my god. Uh, That movie seems really weird and disturbing. Yeah. Much like men are. I'm into it. Yeah. But if you want to tie it back to video games, Mm -hmm. you know who was the script supervisor for DMC, Devil May Cry? The best Devil May Cry? Was it Alex Garland? It was Alex Garland. Wow. Garland? (laughs) Hold on, I'll say it again. Was it Alex Garland? Come on, man. There's a Demon Souls uh, boss named Garland or whatever. The, the there, one who's defending sure that lady. There sure is. I don't know the lady's name, though. Yeah. Lady doesn't move a lot. There's a trophy if you kill her first. First, yeah. Yeah, because gamers. Yeah. Lady in the, the Swamp of Defilement, we're sorry we don't remember your name. All we have in our brain for FromSoft these days is Elden Ring, so sorry for your loss. And men. And men. <laughs> <laughs> well, another video game talkathon. Uh, well, well, welcome back, mm-hmm. gamers. Welcome back. I know you missed us. We took a, a week off so we can continue playing Elden Ring, and I'm happy to report, happy to report, <gasps> we both, Daniel and Kevin, the entities known as the Safe Room, have platinumed Elden Ring. Wait, are you telling me we're doing a podcast within a podcast now called Pop That Plat? Yeah, pop, pop that plat. <laughs> oh my god. We did it. We, we did, did it, it, boy. Uh, I got it late Friday night. You got it yeah. yesterday, I got it yesterday on stream. What an adventure that was. I wanted to get it together, but mm-hmm. there was some technical difficulties occurring uh, all over. All over the place. All right. First, so, my uh, PC was fucked up. Yeah. And because uh, it literally, I was trying to stream and it forgot every single device. For some mm-hmm. reason, I had to like uninstall the, the Wave mic mm-hmm. just so the computer could understand what USBs were again. And yeah. then in the meantime, Daniel was like, well, I'm antsy. I'm going to push forward the story. Well, I came in and I helped a little bit because I was yeah. like, oh, do we need to troubleshoot that? And I already yeah, clocked out. Like yeah. troubleshooting IT stuff is my job. That is my realm. And I don't want to do it after the hours of 7 p.m. Pacific time. But I was like, this is holding up my boy. He's frustrated. And I'm like, all right. Angry. You got Had a bad week. You got you to gotta roll back your drivers. You got to uninstall, reinstall, <gasps> right. reboot, do this, do that. And uh, call Bill Gates, threaten him. You don't do that when you when you have tr- computer trouble. No, I technically don't try and threaten billionaires. Oh, are you they, sure you're a gamer? 
You got me so there. That's my go-to. Well, no, the thing about gamers is they threaten yeah. people who don't have money in games media, <laughs> devs. Uh, they dox people. What am I going to do by doxing Bill Gates? Like, I have nothing to gain from that. <laughs> we already know where each of his mansions are. Like, it doesn't matter. They all have high security as well. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so you push forward the story a little bit. You got to the, the point... Uh, no spoilers, I guess. Um, but you get to a point of no return, mm-hmm. essentially, in the end game, Which I hadn't realized, but I should have thought about it. Because there, there's like this last area that's kind of like a legacy dungeon unto itself. And then you go back to like uh, an area that like you go to initially that is different. It's a fuller scope dungeon type area. But yeah, you get to this point of no return with it. And I was like, all right, I'll get to this point. Because the thing about Elden Ring, right? Mm. Like... I can run through the things I need to do, kill all the bosses, but if Kevin and I were to do it together and he needs to do the same things, I then need to go back and help him do the same exact steps. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, if I clear myself up to a certain point, all I have to do is help Kevin, mm. right? I thought I was being very selfish or selfless. Magnanimous. Sorry. I thought I was being very magnanimous in that moment and I was wrong. You're wrong. I You're wrong ended up me. being selfish. You wronged the stream. You wronged everyone there. It ended night. up being this thing where... He tried to summon me in two different areas, and the game was like, nope, unable yeah. to summon this cooperator. Yeah, it, got a little it would too actually eager. like pull me into the world and then kick me out immediately, yeah. which was really uh, odd. But like, I, I knew what was going on. I was like, oh no, yeah. oh no, we pushed too far. Yeah, because the, the signal flare was the map that we needed to go to, it was different for me than it was for you. It's a changed map at that point of the game. And you're like, I don't think you have this uh, grace point. And I'm like, shit, I love right. I love that, like, <laughs> I, I start with, like, no spoilers. There's a point of no return in the game. And Daniel has spent the last, like, three minutes describing exactly what changes. Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah, it's this one point. It's on the map. It's, like, the royal capital. It's literally the, I didn't say the that. fucking dungeon. I didn't it's say this. That. It changes. You can't go back. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say all that. I was trying to keep it vague. Right, right, but right. anyway... Royal Capital completely changes. <laughs> Spoilers, man. <laughs> so we were really hot up on the idea of doing it together. We didn't get to do it. So we ended up basically just hanging out in like Sony voice chat yeah, Sony voice the chat. entire stream. Yeah. And I just was morally supporting you. Where, where's uh, the Discord on, on the PlayStation, right? Like that's supposed to fix our fucking sound woes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, for me, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, for me, it's fine. But when you're trying to run like OBS and do all this other stuff. Oh, it sucks. Yeah, because yeah, you got to like switch to analog and it sounds like junk and you're mm-hmm. like using 1998 technology to like yeah. stream suddenly. It's not great. But you sound like you're in a Tim box. Go with that. Yeah. Weren't they supposed to have a partnership, Sony, with Discord? Or yeah, they said, they said that they were buying them. Uh, I don't know about that, but I know uh, they were going to put Discord on the PlayStation itself. Mm-hmm. So like as an integrated launch app. the UI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. It was supposed to be that. And then so far, the only thing they did is, um, oh, you can go to Discord and show people when you're playing PlayStation stuff, which is something that was already integrated for cool. Xbox and PC and Steam and yeah. all the rest of it and Epic. Like literally everything in the world except for... For PlayStation, mm-hmm. and I'm like, is that all that was gonna happen? Yeah. Oh, cool. It's this extended social media thing where I could just see what my friends are playing. And do yeah, it. I could already do that on the PlayStation. So, but anyway, the Elden Ring Platinum Journey, it was a hell of an adventure. Three playthroughs, three not, different endings. Not a hard platinum. No, not a hard platinum. Two hundred hours to get to it. Yeah, one sixty uh, for me. I was around one ninety six mm-hmm. when I popped the platinum. That's because I fucking like even on my like repeat playthroughs. You were savoring it. I was savoring it. That's a great game right there. Mm-hmm. That's a game that's ruined other games quite thoroughly for mm-hmm. me. 
right? I wanted to stay in that world. And I'll probably go back, too. Like, it's not the end of it. I've been doing the stream arc, which is Tarnish TV. And it Where can is, we find that? Uh, Twitch.tv slash The Red Herb. Don't yeah. say herb, you troglodyte. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been doing that for, like, a month plus. Yeah, because the game officially came out, what, February 25th? Uh, yeah. yeah so we've been playing yeah. it nonstop since then. So... Yeah, when you were like, oh, it's episode 22 or 23, I was like, holy shit, is this like your longest running stream arc of a single game? And uh, yeah, it was. Although, I mean, like, Devil May Fry took forever. Single game. But, but, yeah, Devil May Fry, I also, like, did not play on random nights of the week, whereas, like, fucking Elden Ring, I was playing all the time. You could safely say that you've streamed more of that game than you've played it by yourself, right? Like, offline. Yeah, yeah, no, I've streamed most of my playthroughs of that one, uh, which is interesting. It's a very streamable Mm -hmm. game for me, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I felt the same way. It's kind of what kicked me back into streaming over at twitch.tv slash Dungeons and Daniels. That was my Monday stream game, and sometimes a random Sunday stream game. Monday. Um, Yeah, I ended up beating the game for the first time on stream, and I fought the last boss for, like, four and a half straight hours. Yeah. Just just grueling, but, like, still having fun all the while, because it was such a... (sighs) There's points in the game where it's definitely easy to cheese, but that final set of bosses was, again, another skill check of, like, you really need to learn these boss patterns, and to slowly learning learn it on stream over the course of four hours and then finally get it. It felt very satisfying. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure it was like totally entertaining for people to watch, but like people were in my corner the entire time. And then when I finally got it, like chat went off. They so, were so excited. So straight up, somebody came into my chat uh, and they're fine. They're regular. Uh, they came in and they they said, uh, streaming is boring these days because everyone's playing Elden Ring. They're like every channel, like every person I follow is playing Elden Ring. And I'm like, yeah, that kind of happens when there's a cultural touchstone. <laughs> in gaming occurring right now how is that any different from like i don't know when fortnite became this big thing that everybody decided to stream granted it's a multiplayer game there's a lot of variety of play there do you remember a time where all your favorite streamers are playing fortnite do you follow children (laughs) (laughs) no but like the big streamers were were playing it you had your uh your pokemon your loser fruits your ninjas pokemon (laughs) pokemon you were like your pokemon oh yeah you're your pokemon yeah (laughs) Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Your dream. Mm. The guy named Dream out there. Doesn't show his face. Because he's a coward. So, that's the thing where everybody was streaming that, but were people complaining about that? No, it was driving some of the highest numbers. I think, yeah, people were complaining about <laughs> Fortnite being the only thing that was being streamed. Uh, I mean, it happens. A new game comes out, and it, if it's as well-received as something like Elden Ring, people are going to be fucking streaming the shit out of it. Mm. It doesn't help that uh, Elden Ring is like close to an evergreen game Mm -hmm. like it's not quite an evergreen it's not like a Fortnite where it's going to be like continually like you know new content added but it's like it's a huge game Mm -hmm. a humongous game they're like on my third playthrough i was finding things i had never seen in the last two playthroughs you know and i think that's the same for a lot of people where it's like oh shit in fact i want to keep my third playthrough like going instead of just pushing the fourth um because i want to actually fill the map Like, I want to fill out the map and do it all. Yeah, I think the way I'm going to do it in my brain, and this is crazy to already be playing. Don't go to four. I know you're going to go. Don't go to four. Two separate playthroughs. But I want to do, (laughs) I want to do four is like, we're going to speed run it to see how long, how quick we can get from the first area and boss to the last boss. And then the fifth playthrough would be like, all right, we're going to fill out absolutely everything on the map. And then if I were to. This could be so hard by the time you get the fifth playthrough. Yeah, because like the enemies scale, they get a little Uh harder, they do more damage, their health pools are more. 
And it, it's so hard to level up at that point because it takes like 200,000 plus runes to even put any... Yeah, I'm about at 230. ...like thing into any one stat. And I'm oh, trying no, to... no, no, I'm at like um, in the almost 400,000s to... Jesus. ...to upgrade. I mean, we're at that point where we probably have enough... I forget what they're called, but like it's an item that allows you to respec. So we could probably keep respecking if we wanted to to get like a new perfect build. Something tiers. Yeah. Silver tier, something Starts like that. Starts with a C. Yeah. But... I God would, piece tears, celestial tear. Something. Like I think that. it's a celestial yeah. tear. But I would rather keep my build where it's at because, like, I have the perfect amount of health, perfect amount of strength, and I'm trying to build my dexterity up now because mm -hmm. I want to be able to use uh, Melania's sword. Yeah. And use like the full attributes of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but and then my fifth playthrough, like I said, that'll be fill out the map. And then if I were to do anything beyond that. Because the thing about the New Game Plus playthroughs is that it keeps your full map and icons and locations that you find along the way, but it removes the grace points. So you have to rediscover those every time, mm -hmm. which it, it's a bit of work. Um, I appreciate that I don't oh, have yeah. to rediscover the map in full. Um, but if I were to do anything beyond playthrough five, I would just start a new character, I think. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I'm kind of interested in doing another character as well. Uh, it's funny, I didn't respect my, like, sorry, respect between one and two, mm -hmm. uh, playthrough one and playthrough two. Yeah. And didn't do it to playthrough two and three because I was actually just really happy with my build where mm -hmm. I'm like a spell blade kind of character. Yeah, right? you're doing crazy damage now with your intelligence and magic build. Yeah, because uh, my, the, what is it called? The Moonlight Greatsword. It's not. It's uh, the, what dark, is it? the Dark. The Dark Moon, moon Greatsword. Yeah. They, fuckers anyway uh just call it moonlight greatsword god damn it so i don't have to have like this brain hiccup every time i discuss it what's mm -hmm. wrong with you miyazaki what's wrong with you even even the terminology is hard in miyazaki's <laughs> world but uh i i it scales on intelligence and my intelligence is like 80 plus right now Jesus. <laughs> and so is that your highest stat yeah uh, used to be like on my first melee build, uh, strength was my highest stat, but mm -hmm. you know what? Going straight melee is way harder. Mm -hmm. Like my first playthrough was, there was some fucking gut checks mm -hmm. left and right. Right. But, uh, going through this, a lot of things get melted by magic. A lot of things just get wrecked. There's certain, there's a few things that you still need to get in there, do the work, cut them up, learn their patterns. But for the mm -hmm. most part, I'm just like, it's been a game of how fast can I melt a boss? And even like things like Malaketh and whatnot, where it's like, mm -hmm. choo, choo, choo. all right, done. Yeah, just seeing the health like successively it's really good. deplete is really wild. It's really, really, really good. Uh, but yeah, this game is an all-timer, man. Mm -hmm. We're going to have a, a big old, uh, for the save roommates out there, we talked about it before, we're going to have a... Uh, Elden Ring roundtable discussion mm. about it and really get into it. We're going to talk platy -platy -platy -platy. some of the quest lines. The, we're going to do deep lore. We're going to do deep fakes. Deep lore. Uh, we're going to talk some of our favorite bosses moments. There's so much to talk about with that game. And I know like not everybody that listens to the show um, is maybe interested in like knowing the finer stuff or maybe you don't even care about it being spoiled. But like in the event that you do, like we definitely want to have that be its own segmented thing. I, I've, I've long reconciled the fact that a lot of our listeners don't care about what we talk about. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they just care that we talk. Yeah. They come for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why we could have a food review. Uh kind of podcast one of these oh days. no let's I go to let's go to red lobster get ourselves like a really good like cheddar bay feast mm -hmm. with you know a red lobster the reddest that there is and just review it talk about it maybe even sneak in some like live recordings as we eat so yeah. they can hear the chewing yeah oh and people love a good mukbang they'll love that i'm gonna say elden ring yeah all timer and i think um mm. you said it wasn't an evergreen game but if we compare it in that same league that breath of the wild is where there's so much variation of like play mm. per person considering builds and how much there is to find uh and the fact that there's all these various quest lines i think like 
if you were to get a full experience with that game, you're looking at like probably 300 plus hours to yeah. really see and do it all. And that's, yeah, yeah. that's massive. That's a massive, um, it's a massive game. I'm, sure. I've been hearing some interesting stuff about like where the DLC could go and it has mm. me really hyped. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a year yeah. before we get DLC for this game. And I'm even of the opinion, it could be where we don't. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to be true because this is such a massive su- success in the last games that were published through, uh, Bandai Namco, Nandai Bamco. Yeah, you got it right the first time. Bandai, uh, they had DLC. Like each of the Dark Souls had DLC, mm-hmm. but and even you know Bloodborne, Sony had DLC. I think it was Sekiro was the one that just didn't really have like compelling DLC. It just had like a boss rush mode. Yeah, something that they added after the fact, and then Demon Souls. Yeah didn't have dlc but it could have yeah i'm afraid like they're gonna do it they're gonna do it but like it's gonna be a while you know it's gonna be like a year plus before we see it i'm okay with it take your time with it it's been out for a month yeah (laughs) it's funny that that people have like buried themselves hard in the game platinumed it and they're already hungry for more and like i don't blame them because jesus you know how ravenous gamers are uh our good friend stealth over on twitter is saying he's playing um fucking kirby in the forgotten land Mm mm-hmm and he says, I'm only 20% into it, but I'm going to need part two sooner than later. And I'm like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> Finish your meal before you order more. <laughs> yeah, we're like 10 minutes into a game. We're like, fuck, I want a trilogy of these Damn, bad boys. This, could, this has a big sequel potential, and you're on the title screen. <laughs> like, shut up. Play the game. <laughs> Developers are probably just like, I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that's Elden Ring for now. I'm glad we got to play some of it together. We also got to play a bit with uh, Chelsea Hecabad and her character Beans. Beans Lagumi. I do want to talk about another game that you and I got to play co-op on stream real quick, which is Returnal's Ascension Mode. Oh, yeah. Which is like the co-op function for the main game. Um, and then yeah. you and I think also played Tower of Sisyphus kind of on our own. On our own, yeah. yeah. And Tower of Sisyphus is pretty cool. Yeah, so Returnal, How? our game of the, Save Room's Game of the Year 2021, might I remind you, friends. How do you think that game plays as a co-op experience? I think it's good, not great. I think hmm. there's some drawbacks to it. Um, you obviously, so they made a few choices one of the choices being that uh, like weapons you unlock in the uh, playthrough are shared amongst each other, so you have to debate who's going to get what. Mm-hmm. And I'm I kind of like games that do co-op where like your loot is instance to the player like instead of it being shared. Yeah. yeah, and I wish maybe there was like a way to choose that on or off. That's just a small gripe, but it's like only one of us can get the Hollow Seeker in a given room, and that that feels like it sucks because mm-hmm. it can also make it where it's like, hey. I'm playing through and I'm, I have like the fucking, I don't know, the the ROG bash launcher or whatever the fuck it is. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I have a gun that I'm not enjoying, but I need something more powerful than the starter pistol. So mm-hmm. like that, that was one drawback I noticed when we were playing. But I think otherwise it feels like from a gameplay standpoint, it feels really good. Mm-hmm. It feels good to be out there and uh, slapping around uh, enemies and... I also noticed that they don't do anything to accommodate two players, like sending more enemies or giving them bigger health pools, mm-hmm. and it's still just as viciously hard. And I was like, oh yeah, that's because Returnal Solo is viciously hard no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's almost like kind of making the game easier by having another player there in some ways, right? Yeah, there and there are some caveats like the shared, um, I guess, loot idea because... Mm. Like, the currency system you get, I forget what it's called, like, obelites that you use to, like, unlock, like, weapons yeah. and, and new things. Not weapons, sorry. Items, like health um, health files. Little spacemen that, that yeah. revive you if Space you die. Men, <laughs> or things that give, like, more to your max integrity. That isn't shared. Um, health is shared, though. So you have to bait on, like, okay, who's going to get this health? Which is kind of a, 
like a traditional co-op thing of like it reminds me of like you know old school like brawlers and beat up it's like streets mm. of rage like you got to go get that turkey because you're looking real low bro yeah the, you, you know, know what house marks really showing its arcade roots yeah. with uh, how they implemented co-op to be honest but i do like that there's a revive feature which is really nice yes yeah that's a big thing mm-hmm. where instead of one person dying and then the other player has to just play through the rest of the game they thought about that mm-hmm. that's that's pretty nice yeah it, it is pretty dope we, we got to go back because, like, we only got to maybe not very far. Actually, it's, it's funny because I I said to you before we started, I'm like, all right, I think we can do the entire game. I was like, like no way. We both have the platinum. We could probably do this in three hours. No and way. We struggled to get through the first area together. Yeah. I think the farthest we made it, we tried to get to the third area, um, and we didn't mm-hmm. even get to the boss. Part of that is like not having the right guns for mm-hmm. both of us, and that's yeah. what made it hard. Where like we had to. St- spend more time in the first area so both of us were fully equipped whereas solo you can kind of beeline through certain rooms if you get the right equipment the right health uh, packs just get the fuck out of there mm-hmm. we we didn't have that opportunity because we didn't want to push the second or third area like super weak yeah it had to be kind of this like we both had to mutually agree that we wanted to move forward at a certain mm-hmm. point which it's it's an interesting dynamic for a game that was typically my play style my way i can yeah. choose how i want to push forward or slowly get everything uh, in each room now the tower of sisyphus mode i really like like speaking about how they leaned into their um, arcade roots mm-hmm. that feels super arcadey the fact that like you have a set of like 20 rooms per phase that then lead to like a boss and then you go to like a second phase 20 more rooms in the boss in the third phase and that there's like a score multiplier as well and you're rewarded for clearing rooms as quickly as possible super cool leans into like that old style thing like that they used to do with like rezo gun and uh, mm-hmm. what was what was one of the other games uh they made super stardust yeah super stardust was one and then obviously like there's another word in that title by the way it's something something stardust anyway it doesn't mm-hmm. matter but um yeah I, I i like the mode a lot uh it feels more roguelike than the main campaign does you mm-hmm. know with how like snappy it is and like you, know, you make decisions pretty quickly of like what what boon that you want to move on to but Mm -hmm. um and it's interesting because they introduce a new boss and you fight this boss every 10 levels essentially but it's a new permutation i think it's like every 10 to 30 every 20 yeah and it's a new permutation of it where it'll have like another health bar Mm -hmm. or uh new attack patterns and you have to navigate around that which is interesting i think it's a cool boss the set design of it's really cool because it's like it's in the middle of this like kind of arena and then there's this giant like platform ring around Mm. it that you basically can just fucking like sidestep the entire way um and it reminds me it reminds me of resogun actually the way like you're kind of revolving around this like rotunda Mm -hmm. to like shoot this like tower thing down Um, yeah they they can't escape their uh design roots i was um surprised that the lore is like right in your face in this one rather than it being drip fed to you mm-hmm. uh, when you push up a few levels you can find items like um petals from a flower mm-hmm. that you put into a vase uh at the starting area whenever you die and you... oh is that what you do with them mm-hmm. oh. and it unlocks more information because so you're <laughs> you can go to the side and interact with a hospital gurney and you'll flash into the first person mode kind of like you do in the main campaign yeah, when you're house. walking through the house yeah. And you're learning about your mother and her accident that happened. That she was trying to become an astronaut and her whole career got fucked up from that. And she was like a runner Mm -hmm. as well. And you're trying to figure out, like, it really fucked with my sense of um, placement for Celine as a character. Because you're not sure if 
Selene actually joined the aeronautics program and got stuck in space, or if she is stuck in purgatory from her own car crash that mimicked her mother's car crash. Mm-hmm. The same car crash that it's hinted killed Selene's son. Mm-hmm. It's like, I can't figure... And her son, you know what her son's name is? And I didn't know this from the main campaign, but you find out like in the... Maybe they do tell you in the main campaign. Mm-hmm. Helios. Yeah. Your son's name is Helios. Who, the planet you're stuck on. Yep. <laughs> what? Who she calls out to very often. Like she has like pines like, oh, Helios, what are we doing here? Right. <laughs> yeah, I really, really love the um, the non-linear way that they tell the story there. And it's a lot of, um, we're giving you bits and pieces of information, even in this side mode, mm-hmm. that fill out your understanding of the main campaign. I think it's super neat. Mm-hmm. And the way they integrate it's super cool, too. Um, it's it, The tower just erupts to the side of the normal starting area where you get off of, like, uh, Astros, 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 your, your yeah. ship. And she mentions it going, like, it seems to have the same, like, texture as the main, like, world, but it's isolated. It's infinite. It's it's unending. Mm-hmm. It's organic, too. Mm-hmm. And she says, there's, there's something of a comfort of being watched by this thing, but mm-hmm. I'm also, I, I don't know what it wants. It's so scary and interesting. I really, 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 really love how uh, they did the story in this game. It's not going to be for everybody because everyone wants like an A to B and, you know, mm-hmm. an answer for what's going on. This game's not about that. I mean, that was the main campaign. It was a lot yeah. of like picking up small puzzle pieces that paint still a blurry picture of what like the, the narrative is. Like I had still so many questions by the time I, I came off uh, the final playthrough and got the platinum. I'm just like, what really was this story? And I, I think it's it's very... It's intriguing because a lot of Sony titles are very much like we're going to spoon feed you every bit of of narrative, right? Mm -hmm. Like when I think of like Spider-Man, Horizon, The Last of Us, Uncharted, it's like the narrative is being punched into your face every other second. Mm -hmm. And the fact that this is more like withdrawn and really leads the player to discover it at their own pace is really... It's it's good because like if you want to dive into it, you can. It's rewarding. If you don't, you don't. If you're just there for the gameplay, the gameplay will reward you in its own way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's it's interesting too because like Housemark doesn't really do like super narrative heavy stuff. No. So to see them no. dip into something like this in a 3D like action adventure space in a sh- well action adventure shooter space is really dope. Mm-hmm. So I, I love it. Return. I want to know what they're going to do next. I really am curious. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a little sad that it's not going to be Returnal 2 since mm-hmm. they said they're working on a new IP, but uh, I'm glad that they added content that came with some story bits to it, you know, rather than it just be arcade pure gameplay. Like that would have been fine. Mm-hmm. I like that there's something to sink your teeth into in this. It makes you interested to go back and see, well, what happens if I keep on pushing? Yeah. You know? I like that we're getting this kind of era of Sony first party games where there is kind of a, a main game and then down the road they're like, we're going to inject more content, like whether it is like we're going to do it like a big director's cut edition or we're going to add ga- um, co-op. Like Legends? Yeah, like, like Legends for Shushima Legend. Shushima. Yeah, 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 that, yeah, that raid mode, that co-op mode is really, really dope. And it just adds so much more playtime to the clock, especially if you already enjoy the game. So. Yeah, I, I like these surprise additions to their games. It doesn't mm-hmm. see, it doesn't feel like the old school style of like, we're just going to give you more map kind of kind of thing. Yeah. It's interesting. I like it. Well, I feel like we're going to get that with Horizon for sure. Like if, if there's more content for that content for that game, it's going to be like, here's another map. Oh God. But Horizon I, has the opposite problem. <laughs> that fucking game needs less content. Yeah. Jesus Christ. But could you imagine like a co-op mode for that game where it is like Monster Hunter style where you're just taking down fucking robot dinosaurs together? The, the rumor is that Gorilla's working on a straight up multiplayer game like that mm-hmm. that is separate from 
like it won't be the DLC for oh. the game. It'll be a standalone. Dope. Much in the same way that we're hearing that Last of Us Part Two's factions mode is going to be its own fucking sure. thing, right? Yeah, whenever the fuck that comes out, what if it fucking comes out? It it will. It mm-hmm. has to. I just I feel like whatever that is under Naughty Dog's hood is just completely been recontextualized since they began developing on mm-hmm. it, and that's why we haven't seen it. Right? Because, like, if they did exactly what Factions 1 was, we would have seen it by now. Yeah. It's like, here you go. It's multiplayer, a few modes, da 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 da. Well, I think they are putting a whole thing behind this. They are. And we'll talk about it later in one of the news items. Yeah. But I would be curious to know if it launches with the new streaming service. Uh, the new subscription service. Uh, we'll we'll yeah. see. We'll see. We'll talk about that in a second. All right. What do we got? We want to do some episode now? Yeah, uh, let's get uh, into some news. Let's get into some fucking news with the save room. Soundcloud.com slash save room show, Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. There you go. Did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got four items for you on this doc. Number one is bad news, Daniel. For me? For you. Oh, no. In particular. Breath of the Wild 2 is delayed. You okay? I'm all right. You'd be okay? I think I'm okay with this one. Well, you're the world's biggest Zelda fan. Shouldn't you be fucking mad? I mean, I'm no Don't Ze- you want to strangle someone? I'm no Zeltic, but like I do love it. Yeah, they're a big Zelda lore gotcha. diver. Um, yeah. I think for me, the idea of getting another massive open world was too overwhelming. Like, I just, I don't need another open world game this year. I understand. I understand. (laughs) Well, it ain't a day in video games without a high profile delay. Franchise producer IGA Anuma announced in an, he announced, sorry, fuck me. (laughs) Franchise producer IGA Anuma announced in an apology video that Breath of the Wild sequel has been delayed to spring 2023. The nameless sequel, which I keep on forgetting that Breath of the Wild 2 is not the fucking name nope. of it. The nameless sequel is originally supposed to launch this year, five years after the original hit both the Switch and Wii U. So Clementine is doing this thing that I, I kind of have spoiled her with, where I've slowly introduced her to the idea of being able to go under a blanket. And she has fully burrowed herself in the Kevin's blanket, which isn't even cleanly laid out it's like a fucking like crumble of a cave she she made a little (laughs) she fell (laughs) just a tail sticking out of the blanket that's amazing that's amazing she must be cold maybe that's she maybe that's what she was complaining about because it was cold this morning yeah i turned on the heat because of it i don't know if it's still Mm. on no i turned it off okay (laughs) wow well like with, with the warmer days now like she's been liking hanging out by the downstairs screen door yeah where she can just take in the the sun that's a sun cat. Yeah. I, I didn't know that this cat craved the heat. She's from Florida. As much as she does. Yeah. She loves it. Well, back to... The, yeah, this game came out on the fucking Wii U. Can you believe that? Yeah. The Wii U. Yeah, it was a cross-platform launch. Oh my god. Anyway. Anuba stated, quote, In order to make the game's experience something special, the entire development team is continuing to work diligently on this game. So please wait a while longer and go like what else can you ask somebody to do yeah like please wait yeah just uh hang in there baby while the zelda franchise is no stranger to delays investors decided to let nintendo feel ganon's wrath as shares dropped six percent a day after the announcement wow Mm -hmm. but as shigeru miyamoto once said quote a rush game is bad forever a delayed game is eventually good but you'll have shareholders stepping on your dick the whole time end quote Poor games and gamers, Nintendo. I'm right there with you, buddy. I don't... First of all, this is our long-held belief, or our opinion of the game is lower than most people. Um, 
I'm not in love with Breath of the Wild, so I wasn't even really that excited about a sequel to begin with. Mm-hmm. My only hope for the sequel is that it fixes some of the gripes that I had with the first one, but I, it, that doesn't sound like the reality whatsoever. Um, and I again, I, I feel like I have generic gripes with the game at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like, I don't like the weapon degradation. It's not like I de- it's not it's not like I'm saying I hate weapon degradation in games overall. I think it's super aggressive in that game. I hate how the stamina wheel works because I feel like I can't do shit, especially in the early uh, stages of the game. Hey, go climb a mountain for two seconds. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. But Kevin, you can upgrade your stamina wheel and get more stamina. Yeah, but and I can, can forever uh, climb. I know. That's always the argument. No, 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 no. You just have to play the game forever, unenjoying it to get to the enjoyable parts. And you I'm just like, cool. don't understand. I was like, isn't that what people complain about Assassin's Creed? Where yep. Remember when they were talking about like, hey, you just got to get through the first 10 hours to for it to really soar. And people were like, fuck that. And, and then when it comes to Breath of the Wild, they're like, fuck yeah. <laughs> like, shut up. <laughs> Come mm. on. Come on, gamers. Get it straight. I so, need binaries. I haven't seen a lot of like disdain or vitriol about this which is weird considering gamers and nintendo where like if a game gets delayed they're ready to fucking dox everybody on the fucking dev team but i think a lot of people you know considering how breath of the wild is now being considered not only like the best zelda game of all time but probably one of the top 10 best games of all time which is still ridiculous to me um a lot of people are just happy because it means they're taking more time on it um I think a lot of people were worried about it being a dev asset flip with a lot of things that were already in, in the game. Um, and yeah, yeah people well, are just like, be. I mean, yeah, it could be. Mm-hmm. You're still in that same version of Hyrule. And I mean, the thing about the Zelda franchise is like, we don't often get direct sequels like this. No. Like, yeah, sure. We got the, you know, Ocarina of Time and then Majora's Mask follow-up. But that was like, that was a weird sequel. Um, it's still the same link, but it, you know, the way it carries forward and reuses character assets and environments Mm. in a different world is it's because they had to they had a year to turn that game around Mm -hmm. um but we haven't really had too many like direct zelda sequels so i think they're they're really trying to put a lot of care into expanding this already existing world of hyrule Mm. uh, and trying to carry the story forward um do i think that they're gonna go and address yours and my gripes about you know the weapon degradation the survival elements no i no. think they're probably going to double down on some of yeah. it but i hope in that they do enhance it in ways and maybe just video gamify it right i don't want it to be this like red dead redemption 2 like simulation game of a survival open you gotta groom game. your horse's bowls yeah you, you gotta really get in there and you gotta fucking you gotta you gotta pet that taint make sure that, <laughs> that opponent is satisfied <laughs> You You start to see flies, you won't go very fast. (laughs) (laughs) But there's, I think there's promise with the sequel, because although the first game ended on kind of like a positive resolving note, what we've gotten from the teaser trailers let us know that no, there's still like a corruption and evil at play. And then seeing the way that like the world is separated into this like Hyrule below and Hyrule above, like, I think they're really trying to push to do like interesting mechanics that play with the two Hmm. um areas of play and i'm interested to see how they do that my hope is that they evolve some of the the weapon mechanics um because like you had your swords your fucking weapons that would break right but you also had your basic tool set you had your bombs you had your magnet you had your freeze tool i want more of that in a cooler way because i felt like that tool set was very limited Hmm. um and i would like to see them do a bit more like that because if you look at the older zelda games like you had so many different like items and and things for navigating the world 
And sure, they can do environmental mechanics that help with that, but like really expand my inventory in in neat ways if you're gonna like really encourage me to want to explore this world in a, a different way. Do you think you'll replay Breath of the Wild before this one comes out? Yeah, I am. Yeah, you are. Yeah. You're planning on that? I've already kind of all right. Convince myself that because I've I've never actually beaten Breath of the Wild. I've put like a hundred hours into it. Yeah. I'm still kind of putzing around with like the last divine beast, and then once I do that, I can move on to Hyrule Castle and, and fight Ganon. But hmm. um, I think it's it's been so long. Like the game came out in 2017. I really do just want to go back and and replay it and yeah. just kind of experience from from the beginning. Because for me. You weren't super hot on it. I adored it in a lot of ways because hmm. being the Zelda game that is farthest out in the canon, it tells a very like storied version of Hyrule. Like there's a lot of ideas and and characters and and iconic like images in that kind of post-apocalyptic world of Hyrule that was really neat for me as like a longtime fan. So I definitely want to go back and experience some of that again i think with that i'm still gonna have some of the same frustrations of going to like the shrines and doing these like really basic puzzles which i didn't think were always very like smartly designed um but i think mm. a lot of people push against that like no the physics-based puzzles and how you can approach stuff is so neat that's why we're still getting these videos from japan showing like new ways to play the game and i'm like i get it but I don't think the puzzles are as cool as you think they are. Mm. Like, there's just a lot of them. A lot <laughs> and of takes they here, all man. feel the same after a while. Yeah. So, so for me, like, getting to go back to that game and getting to be in this world a bit more is exciting. And it seems like it's going to be a darker take. Um, but I, we're also at this point where people are saying that this would be, like, the longest point between, like, Zelda titles. Um, and I'm like, well, that's okay. It happens. Um, and I'm also not surprised that a Zelda game got delayed because Zelda games historically get delayed. Did something happen in between 2017 and 2022 that could have had an impact on game development? Maybe. Huh. Maybe. Hmm. Oh, well, I can't think of anything. Yeah, I can't either. So spring 2023, we'll, we'll see. It might slip out again. I mean, Breath of the Wild got delayed a shit ton. Skyward Sword got delayed a shit ton. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll see how that one goes. I'm I'm hopeful, though, that in the year between, maybe we get something else. Like we get another HD re-release or something. Mm. Like give us like Twilight Princess and Wind Waker bundled together to hold us over. You know? I mean, they'll never do that. Yeah. You know Nintendo. <laughs> they will charge $60 per title they will. on that one. They did it for Skyward Sword. <sighs> right? And I bought that. You bought that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you like it? So... We never actually really talked about that on the show. Like, I I actually really enjoyed the way they redesigned some of the mechanics in that game huh. to not, like, rely so heavily on um, the Wii motion, kind of, yeah, motion kind of controls. Yeah, yeah. Granted, the nunchucks for the... Um, are they called nunchucks? I forget what they're called. The Joy-Cons on the Switch? The Joy-Cons. There Nunchuck is the Wii, yeah. yeah so yeah, the, yeah. the Joy-Cons, there's still motion capability in it, but you could totally turn that off. A lot of it is based around, like... Um, joystick movements which is really mm. cool like the way you like flick the sword directionally you have to like hold down one of the shoulder buttons and you can kind of just like move the sword around on the screen um and there's a lot of like quality of life things that are nice where you can basically skip out on having to read like the same item descriptions over and over and over again so mm. i i liked it i thought it was a, a nice like polish up um i just didn't end up finishing it for whatever reason because i think something else came out and then we moved and then i haven't <laughs> yeah it. that's right but, I, re I remember that i remember that. but i do want to go back to it and um a lot of people god these these zelda lore deep divers 
they're looking at like some of the symbols on like Link's hand and like the coloration of like the broken Master Sword, and some people are thinking that they're gonna tie Skyward Sword into it somehow because mm-hmm. like the sword is the same color as Fee, who is like your companion in Skyward Sword, oh, who's God. actually like part of the Master Sword. So they're like, oh, maybe they'll bring Fee back to like rebuild the Master Sword, and I'm like, I don't know, that's a jump. I feel like uh, <laughs> uh, the Souls lore masters have uh, ruined. Um the rest of games because like nintendo ain't that deep dog like (laughs) like, you're giving a little bit too much credit they're really not and like not to not to shit on nintendo games but like their games are not like lore and story rich yeah it's something that they don't care about first and foremost it's Mm -hmm. just things that are there because i don't know there's like a few staffers on there that find it interesting they're gameplay first yeah they're very gameplay first kind of games but yeah Uh, breath of the wild 2 what do you think the name is gonna be Death mm. of the Wild. Mmm. I'd be into that. Or, like, do the Alien to Aliens thing. Breath of the Wilds. Breathes of the Wilds. Breathes of the Wilds. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. Because, like, again, we've never gotten a, a, a direct sequel quite like this. Mm. It could be anything, you know? Could be anything. Uh, maybe Breath of the Wild 2, Calamity Wars. Mmm. Or something. I don't know. Calamity Wars. Yeah, yeah like Calamity it's a Gaming. double. It's a double subtitle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Japan would do that. <laughs> Japan would do that. I'm excited for it. You're gonna buy it because it's a game. But are you excited at the prospect of it at all? Uh, not really. Okay. Not. I and I know that's like shocking for some folks out there. Not for me, man. I, I I really wasn't in love with Breath of the Wild. I like the more reined in design uh, of older Zelda games. Mm-hmm. In fact, the Zelda games that I love the most are the stuff that evokes what um, uh, Link to the Past did. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Link Between Worlds being one of my favorites. I really love that Switch remake they did of that Game Boy game. I forget Link's Awakening. Mm-hmm. Um, I like those. You know, and then games that are inspired by that design ethos, um, such as like Tunic. Or uh, Death's Door. Death's Door, yeah. I like that more than like, hey, here's this like physics-based, gigantic, roaming, aimless open world thing where you make your own fun, Mm -hmm. but you have to go discover the fun kind of thing. And I'm like, "Eh, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like that design (laughs) is um, better suited for what Elden Ring was doing than a Zelda game, right? Because like Mm. in Elden Ring, it's like instead of puzzles, it's interesting boss fights mm-hmm. whereas zelda it's gonna be here's the same shrine puzzle like over and over and over and over again i'm just mm-hmm. like ah, fuck i want that game to be littered with bosses or something you know something like that and it doesn't feel that way that was actually one of my main problems with the game for like as interesting as some of the areas and level designs were i didn't think the the divine beasts which were the temples in that game yeah. or the bosses were interesting at all they were carbon copies of like different versions of ganon and they weren't <laughs> yeah. fun like yeah. i just i didn't really enjoy that so i want i want bigger boss moments because like mm-hmm. that's that's what i used to love the series for like one puzzles you know exploring the world getting your weapon set up but also like getting to the end of a dungeon or like a temple and seeing what that boss is gonna be mm-hmm. really cool and that you know we kind of got robbed of that in breath of the wild but it was a different sort of approach for the game so. yeah I guess, like, I'm missing the connective tissue of how, uh, like, Ocarina was set up, you know, how their mm-hmm. their levels fed into each other and, and how stuff like, you know, Between Worlds did it. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, I'm still curious, and I also think, like, hey, you know, five years after the fact, like, this sequel might have things that ground the experience way more than the first one did for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also kind of curious to go back to the first one, you mm-hmm. know, because I feel like I... 
Like, if you were to drop Elden Ring in my lap in 2017, I might have, like, rebelled against it in mm-hmm. some ways because I was just a different gamer back then, right? So uh, I, I think to myself, yeah. can I enjoy something like Breath of the Wild knowing, like, what it has in store and what it's trying to do? Maybe. So maybe I'll check it out again myself. Mm-hmm. It's not like I got rid of that copy no, of the it, game. It's so. still there. I like the... This will be my last point. I like the thought that people... We're just saying, oh, it got delayed because the the dev team was too busy playing Elden Ring. That's probably true. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like that. That's that's one of those jokes. Where I'm like, that's probably true. Yeah, it is probably true, and I hope it isn't one of those things where they get like crazy uh, scope creep out of nowhere because they're trying to put some of the, those systems into this game and like overstuff mm. it with like new open world design ideas. It feels yeah. too far gone for them to like really change the framework of the game much more than polish it at this point. Because it's been like it's been fucking five years. I guess, but we've only really seen maybe three combined minutes of gameplay from this game. Yeah. So like, we don't really know how far along it is. Well, I don't know about like audience expectations yeah. versus like, yeah. I mean, if they're saying it's coming out in spring, yeah, yeah. Even with a year development, you're in polish mode instead of mm. like here's major systems that are being implemented still. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good point. It's rough, but anyway. I got a number two on here for you. Less fun than the first one. Uh, Activision Blizzard settles one of many sexual harassment lawsuits. (laughs) Not great. (laughs) Yeah, that's disappointing in a whole other way. And as I wrote this, a new lawsuit came their way. It's not in the doc. There's a new lawsuit about it, too. So the Washington Post writes that U.S. District Judge Dale Fisher is, quote, prepared to approve, end quote, uh, an $18 million settlement with U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, the EEOC. However, this shouldn't be confused with the other sexual harassment lawsuit they have open with California's Department of Fair Employment and Housing. This is from the Washington Post uh, verbatim, quote, The EEOC, a federal agency, and the DFEH, a state agency, share jurisdiction over workplace sexual harassment cases, and both agencies received anonymous tips in 2018 to investigate Activision Blizzard. The two agencies became embroiled in a disagreement with how much victims should be paid in the settlement, and concerns that if the EEOC were to settle with Activision Blizzard on a federal level, it could bar the DFEH from pursuing further damages at the state court level, end quote. Could you imagine that? That they're like, whoa, 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 wait, we need to align on how much the settlement is, because you could fuck over, like, the actual, like, punitive costs that we think should be granted these people yeah yeah so like a lot so the the general consensus or the feeling around this settlement is that one it's way too low Mm -hmm. way too low and you'll see that here the dfeh as well as the media union communications workers of america or the cwa i know i'm throwing acronyms at you but it's it's happening have publicly stated that 18 million dollars is far too low of compensation for the hundreds of workers that have suffered at activision over the years Jessica Gonzalez, a former Blizzard employee, attempted to intervene in the settlement last Tuesday, but was overruled. Gonzalez said it was, quote, disappointing and unfortunate for them to deny my motion, but it won't stop me from fighting for justice, end quote. Meanwhile, elsewhere, a better ABK, which consists of Activision Blizzard employees fighting for better working conditions at the company, is planning a walkout on April 4th. This is actually in response to Activision Blizzard announcing that they are ending their vaccine mandate for employees entering the office. Activision seems to be a <clears throat> a deeply troubled company that only knows how to make self-serving and poor choices, and sometimes those are one and the same. Mm-hmm. I don't have any belief that this company is ever going to turn around, that they're ever going to shake the Activision Blizzard identity of being a piss-poor managed company, even with the fucking Microsoft buyout. 
Yeah, because I think that's still going to take another year plus because, like, what? They acquired them and that doesn't go into a full effect for, like, another year, right? Until next year, yeah. Yeah, so we're still not going to see, like, any positive change or turnaround probably until, like, 2024 or beyond. Mm, if at all. Yeah. That, that's my thing. I, I, I don't think they're ever going to change for the better. Mm. I think it's always going to be terrible because uh, <laughs> is it just Kotec fighting for the 18 settlement, $18 million settlement? No, there's a lot of people that say that that's what we should be fighting for. $18 mm-hmm. million is all that needs to be there when it should honestly be a much higher number. It's hundreds of people that we're talking about that have lived in these conditions, yeah. including one death related to this, mm-hmm. uh, to the toxic culture over there. Yeah, how do you put like a monetary value on somebody's life? Like in terms of a settlement, like what it, what is a pr- an appropriate amount to wash your hands clean of a thing, right? And I mean, it is one of two settlements, right? Like the one with the Department of like, Employment and Fair Housing. I feel like that one's going to be just a steeper hill for them to climb because mm-hmm. that's that's the one that kind of launched it all, right? And now with this other one settling or coming close to settlement, they set the precedent of like eighteen million is like the limbo line, mm-hmm. right? When they were fighting for much more, mm-hmm. it should be much more. Right, it's ridiculous over there. Like, nothing is gonna get better. <laughs> that's that's the sad part. Like, nothing is gonna get better. I hope it does for these folks that mm-hmm. are still working there and and have to put up with this shit and get, you know, every time that Activision Blizzard comes up in the news, it's either uh, about sexual harassment or Kotech, or like some new statement from Kotech that yeah. fucking undermines everything that he's said in the previous year. It's terrible, man. And then, yeah, I, I we talked about it uh, slightly before where I'm not incredibly hopeful that Microsoft's buyout is going to change the, um, I guess, the composition of that company mm-hmm. in any meaningful way. Well, because at the end of the day, Bobby Kotek still needs to get out. Yeah. And some of the other higher ups that are kind of rotten with his mentality. Right. And the problem is that's just a start. <laughs> that's not like the solve that's just a start mm. the damage is done the damage is there the identity of that company is as is right mm-hmm. now there's so much you got to fix there's so much you got to change there's so many people that you got to get in that have to do the hard work to undo the damage of activision blizzard shadow mm-hmm. for years and years and years and years it's, it's it's sad it's a sad thing right and it it definitely um it recontextualizes recontextualizes the conversation about each of these games every time they come up right mm-hmm. You know, like, I don't know if we'll ever get to a point where we can just joyfully talk about a Diablo or Overwatch without remembering how shitty of a company Activision Blizzard is. Well, I think that's the important thing. Like, we we might get to the point where, you know, Overwatch 2 comes out or Diablo 4 does and we decide that we're going to play them. But I think we still need to hold all this other stuff up in context, right? Mm Because, like, you can't have one without the other. So I think, you know, as much as we go forward and enjoy the games, we still need to be critical of the place that they came from. Yeah, absolutely. I think so, anyway. Um, What's fucked up for me, and I know it's probably fucked up for a lot of other people, is that for a company that got bought out for $68.7 billion, why was $18 like, the, the golden ticket out for your settlement? 100 million like i literally like you need enough to really give back to these people that you cause more harm than good to and then that's still not even the end of it i think there's still so much more reformation that needs to happen the 18 million is apparently going to programs in order to better sure. uh internal uh, internal programs by yeah. the way this isn't going in anyone's any victim's pocket no as far as i'm aware no which is ridiculous to me um i've seen a lot of people that work for activision blizzard in various studios see this news and be like okay cool well today i'm officially resigning 
Like, and mm. I don't blame them. Like, because to just take a cash settlement like that is like, it's not enough. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. You know? <sighs> and then this other lawsuit coming out of the woodwork. I mean, uh, Jesus. I mean, I... <laughs> Part of me hopes that they get sued around every corner, especially yeah. in the face of this low, low ball settlement, right? Mm-hmm. Here, get another one coming for you until we get them, huh? But I think there there was something else that kind of erupted around this. I think it was like, it might have been Bernie Sanders and a few other like political heads that were actually trying to like fight against the acquisition because like, you, you know how we yeah. were talking about it yeah. being very like antitrust, mm-hmm. same mentality. They're like, there's something wrong with like the a, a single... At, like um, a company acquiring all this studio and you know assets like we need to like not let this happen <laughs> right i think the argument that microsoft made is that um they wouldn't be gaining a foothold as a monopoly mm-hmm. even if they absorb such a large company because they're like well we don't even own like um like our market share wouldn't even go up that much versus our competitors like sony is what they argued and it's like oh Okay, they might be right in some ways, right? Uh, sure. Because like with your ten cents and, and your net eases out there in the world mm-hmm. and your epics and whatnot. But uh, it, it's like the business isn't super diversified. They're doing the same fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, they are. You know, it's like, yeah, you're just growing what you already did larger. Mm-hmm. So I I can definitely see why it would make um, regulators uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that they're uncomfortable with companies like Amazon and Google, for instance, when they buy up a bunch of fucking smaller subsidiaries that are doing the same thing, which is, oh, you're generating product? Oh, weird. How oh, different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's not very different. And you, at the end of the day, you're um, hurting the consumer's ability to have options at a competitive price because mm-hmm. there are single entities making these choices across mm-hmm. the board and acting like... Oh, yeah, no, it's a different business, different company. No, it's you. <laughs> it's you, Microsoft, that's you. So it's, it, I think that's the big discomfort. Like, we always talk about, like, the end use case of, well, what are the products? What are the games they're going to be able to make now that they have these resources? And I'm just like, oh, we should think about the ramifications and that, that this has as, as far as not just the gaming industry and other industries where corporations can step in and say, that's a, that's a mighty juicy proposition you got there. I'm going to buy you up. <laughs> you know, these fiefdoms are becoming bigger and less diversified. Interesting. One day there will be two and we'll have to choose which side we fall on. I mean, it'll just be the big three. It's like, who do I want to go with? Do I want to go with Papa Sony, Papa Nintendo? Yeah. Daddy Microsoft. We're out there. There's there's going to be the Nintendo folks with their fucking actual nunchucks, but mm-hmm. it still has the, the, the wrist the, straps. The wrist straps. <laughs> We're going the war. We're man. out there fighting street wars with fucking Ring Fit Adventure rings and fucking. Uh, what's a peripheral from Sony? A peripheral from Sony? Yeah. Um, PSVR, so they can get a lay of the land at night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like fucking their... 360 bioscans yeah. and like environments. Yeah, yeah. Microsoft would, uh, they'll, they'll have to take a step back because Kinect won't help them too much. Yeah, they won't be able to get that motion tracking right. No, but I feel like with some of their like cloud integration and like, do they have integration with like Azure? Uh, Microsoft yeah. or yeah, yeah, they that's theirs. Yeah, so they're gonna do some Skynet shit. Oh, right. <laughs> and they're gonna be the, the first company to start putting out like Terminators and, and turn <laughs> on us all. <laughs> I like that we're thinking like the digital cloud, and they're yeah. like, no, 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 we're actually gonna rain acid out of the clouds. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Well, this conversation got out of hand. This is why antitrust is bad. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We're trying to tell you, Robocop had it right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want an OCP, man. <laughs> 
They're gonna gun us down in the streets. Somebody's gonna be inside of a giant Xbox Series X. And he's like, help me. <laughs> anyway, fuck you, Activision Blizzard. <laughs> yeah, uh, that that's gonna be our long-running stamp yeah. on, on that company. Fuck Activision yeah, we, Blizzard. We, we roll past that little, that last bit, by the way, which is uh, they ended their vaccine mandates for people going back in the office. Yeah. What? <laughs> Sorry, do we like pandemics? Is it profitable to be in a pandemic? I thought the corporations hated the fact that uh, that uh, we we all wanted to not work and be sick at home. And <laughs> what's going on? What's happening? I here? mean, it's probably one of those things where you have people at the top who are probably very conservative or lean a certain way and just want to get people back into the office to maximize productivity because they probably saw what... While working home was very convenient and necessary for the time, it was also probably holding back like development, like sprints and things that they needed. To I want to see proof of that. I want yeah. to see genuine proof that productivity took a huge impact because people were working from home. Mm-hmm. I want to. I really want to know this because from from what I've heard, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. The real the real thing is because they have all these leasing agreements and contracts oh, with yeah. these giant skyscrapers in places like New York and Silicon Valley and fucking Seattle, mm-hmm. and they need people to get back yeah. in there so it's worth the investment that's what they really want no that's that's true but they're not going to say it like that (laughs) yeah it's not about productivity motherfucker jesus i mean looking at like you and i who have have worked our jobs in office and now out of office i feel like i've had some of my most productive years working from home yeah you they're able to pump me for way more hours since i'm not commuting anymore Mm -hmm. getting me on a fucking 8 a.m on goddamn monday on a fucking 8 a.m i don't wake up at kevin doesn't wake up at 8 a.m you get fucked yeah (laughs) you understand me yeah I'm dreaming about a better life than working for the corporate overlords at 8 a.m. You're not going to wake me up. <laughs> it's it's a bummer because I feel like we're at this point right now where the world is trying to move forward at a rate that a lot of us aren't ready for. People are tired of being in a pandemic, right? They're like, oh, it's two years too long. We just need we need to go back to normal, right, at any rate. Like, fuck the vaccine mandate. Fuck wearing masks. Let's go back to it. Fuck another resurgence. Like, we just need, we need it. We need it now. And I mean, it, it doesn't help when, like, legislators and our president are kind of pushing forward in the same way. Yeah, they're realizing it's impacting their votes, right? Yeah. They're like, oh, well, maybe we should uh, be a little more lenient on this, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Cowards. Honestly, and this, this goes in a lot of different ways. If a company does not value your safety or well-being as a, as a human or a worker or whatever, fuck them. Go find another company that will. Yeah, that's true. I, I think I talked about it on, a, on one of the previous episodes, but whenever a big corporation uh, talks about are their back-to-office plans, mm-hmm. there was this one company that would seed their recruiters to email everyone, mm-hmm. and they would get 30% of like the workforce away, just drag them away and be like, yep, we have a bunch of SDEs now. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, pay attention to that, right? I think what the pandemic has also given us is the fact that people realize, oh, these corporations can be flexible and we're still getting the same goods out of it. Mm-hmm. They've just been lying to us this whole time. Huh. Weird. <laughs> yeah. Be flexible or you're going to lose people like fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be really funny. Everyone's going to laugh at you. Nobody likes corporations. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a number three on here, Daniel. Is this bad? It's really in the eye of the beholder. Okay. I tell you, if I worked for the ESA, I'd say yes. But <laughs> E3 2022 is canceled. Gonzoed. Kaputzoed. To the shock of no one. To no one's shock. It was more of like, oh, yeah, really? It was more of like a when is this going to happen? Exactly. Following the ESA's previous announcement that E3's in-person event was canceled, they have now confirmed all digital plans are scrapped for 2022 as well. This will mark the first occasion... 
That was a weird way to say occasion. Occasion? Occasion. This will mark the first occasion in 26 years where E3 is not held in any capacity. Oh my god. In a statement shared with IGN, the ESA said, quote, We will devote all our energy and resources to delivering a revitalized physical and digital E3 experience next summer. <laughs> Whether enjoyed from the show floor on your or your favorite devices, the 2023 showcase will bring the community, media, and industry back together in an all-new format and interactive experience. We look forward to presenting E3 to fans around the world live from Los Angeles in 2023, end quote. How very hopeful. This mm. could have been their big NFT year. Yeah, right? Oh, man. They they dropped the ball there. Think about the integrations and activations. (laughs) Who will think about them? Now, before the news of the cancellation uh, could even sink in, the world premierer himself pounced. (laughs) On their official Twitter, Summer Game Fest announced it would hold an event, a Game Fest, if you will, this summer. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, this is what they announced, by the way. Hosted by Jeff Keighley. (laughs) On Keighley's own account, he simply posted a winking emoji the very day the E3 news broke. You son of a bitch. Talk, talk like it's like that meme of uh, the dude that plays the Flash in front of the gravestone, like praying in front of it, or like doing the the fucking like what's up. That's exactly what Keeley was doing. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. He's he knows being, what he's, he's doing. being cheeky. Son of a bitch. So Games Beat's own Jeff Jeff Grubb shed some light on the situation by tweeting, "Quote." The vibe check I was getting is that everyone is going with Keeley instead because he's actually competent, end quote. Jesus, really just putting it exactly at his, I love you, Jeff uh, Grubb, not Keeley. <sighs> Daniel, hmm? are you sad? E3, dead, gone, to the wind, LA, it's... empty? I mean, so you and I have never attended E3 in a physical sense. Uh, an emotional sense, yeah. yes. An emotional sense, sure. And yeah. a future sense of like, oh, I'm going to buy the games that they're advertising to me. <laughs> Definitely. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I'm not saddened by it because I... Listen, we talk about it every year. It's just a big advertising uh, video game commercial. But I like the uniformity of it. Like, I do like that there is a time of the year that just feels like gaming Christmas. Um, sure. And, you know, even if it is hyping me up for like, you know lining a company's pockets in the coming months and coming fiscal years. I think it's a bummer for like certain people in the games media space that use those events to like network and, and get themselves out there. Um, I mean, obviously we just had uh, GDC, the game developers conference, which people use and, and want to, and you know, Oh, you know who else used that? Hmm. COVID yeah. to spread uh, itself. I was going to say, we saw a, 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 <laughs> quite an uptick of people having positive COVID tests yeah. after that. Weird. Um, so for me, I'm not super bummed out about it because, like, at this point, like, I think there's been a lot of public good faith that's been lost with the ESA. Between, like, the stuff that happened in, like, 2018, 2019, where they leaked a bunch of attendees' information. Um, oh, and, and, like, last year felt weird. Like, their digital showcase felt kind of, like, mismatched. Right, there. right. Um, now, do I think that Jeff Keighley is, like, the end-all, be-all solution to it? No, is I, he better? I don't know, like, cause Jeff Keighley, like, he does great work, right? He manages to organize these events and bring people together, and, and is this master hype machine. But he's I a better. He's a better as an individual. He's a better lobbyist than the ESA is, which they are supposed to actively be lobbyists for the gaming industry. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's just 
I don't know about there being a single face for E3 is kind of the thing. Like, I like that Jeff Keighley has his, like, One Night Live or whatever it's called, and then uh, the Game Awards, and then Summer Games Fest that, like, we go to him for. But, like, for him to be the face of, like, E3, like, G3, I don't know. Mm. G3, Jeff 3? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah games, I, games, games. I don't know. What's that old, um, oh, the Who song? Uh, the lyric goes, uh, Bob O'Reilly. Meet the new boss, same as the old boss. <laughs> you know, I I feel like um, it's not the Teutonic plates shifting here. We're just kind of um, shifting the same shit to someone else. Well, Jeff is this dude who... I mean, we see that he doesn't necessarily, like, punch for, like, certain things or interest or problems that we would. He literally is just, like, I'm managing these relationships and advertising and doing the same thing that E3 would do, but I'm just a single person doing it. Right, yeah. The biggest difference between how ESA operates, besides the doxing, uh, and Jeff is that Jeff is the face of his organizations and what he does. Whereas ESA has been this nebulous, like, who are they? Some Mm -hmm. panel of motherfuckers, I guess, that like games or mm-hmm. maybe don't care about games they just haven't <laughs> what a job but it, i i think um that gives jeff a leg up a little bit that mm-hmm. personification is so important in online spaces and in gaming to people not in a way that's like it's a good thing i mean yeah. as in this is what people cling to they, sure they cling to having a face on something i mean especially these days with how like games media is where like we want a face to our outlet or our youtube right. or our twitch channels like we want somebody to be able to connect with on that level which is a marketing ploy, by the way. Yeah, definitely. Faceless Corporation is suddenly relatable and charming online. That is marketing mm. through and through, right? So, and I, I, I've always gotten that feeling from Jeff, and I think we saw that from the last Game Awards, where he didn't actively, like, address Activision, but just kind of said, I think we can all agree that bad things happening in gaming are bad, mm-hmm. and therefore, I don't support bad. Clap? <laughs> we just need to be good. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's fucking weak. But, like, mm-hmm. there was also somebody on the Game Awards board, two people from Activision. Yeah. And so that's probably why he didn't want to step on anyone's toes, uh, which is, um, what's the word, Daniel? Weak. It's weak. <laughs> but anyway, that that aside, um, is the Game Awards going to be better? I don't know. Or, sorry, not the Game Awards. Game, Summer, Summer Game, Game Fest, Fest yeah. all this. Is it going to be better? Who knows? It was all, Last year it was a whole month, which is annoying, whereas yeah. E3 was one consolidated week, which was easier not just for uh games media folk but as a consumer to be like hey i only have to pay attention to the big announcements and people really bring in their best face Mm -hmm. for one week instead of deciding to do it across an entire fucking month or maybe after the month because they don't want to get swallowed by some other publishers uh stupid stupid conference Mm -hmm. maybe they're doing activations online across the week it's just like i can't take it i can't take it marketing has gotten crazy and everyone in marketing should be shot yeah, I think there needs to be some cohesion with it because some of the messaging of last year, even like, what is E3? What is Summer Games Fest? Is it the same thing? Hmm. Are they, like, are they working in tandem? It got very confusing after a while. So I, I want the messaging to be a bit more clear on that. I don't know that like having it like. Oh, I meant to say shot out of a cannon through space. I didn't, I don't mean like shot shot. <laughs> I, I wanted to be i wanted for the record i mean getting shot out right, of orbit right like so because if you threaten to shoot people into orbit yeah. nobody goes like oh well that's a silly yeah it's a vacant threat yeah it's a we vacant don't have a threat. cannon yeah, to yeah, do yeah. that we're not no no we don't have that right right i was or just Jack thinking Hewitt. about it and i was like oh <laughs> I, was like, I almost let my real evil show for a second there <laughs> here in the save room we like to tell jokes <laughs> this is a joke comedy news podcast right 
Um, I think there's also been some sentiment around what you just said about like coverage where E3 was just like, it was crunch time. It was brutal for people like working like 12 plus hour days to get like articles and recaps up like right away. So like maybe this will spread it out a bit for people, which will be nice, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. At this point, right, we've kind of seen that these companies don't really need E3, right? Like, we saw Microsoft and Bethesda do a joint conference thing last year. That could be its own thing. We've seen Sony do their Sony conferences and their state of plays. That could be their own thing. And same with Nintendo. Like, these these companies now can guide their own messaging, which, yeah, maybe they don't need the essence of the ESA and E3 to guide that anymore. Mm -hmm. But do they need Keeley? I mean... He's the master of hype, so he's going to hype shit up. I, I think the honest truth is uh, Keeley is over a decade, more than a decade, has mounted and grown those relationships mm-hmm. and garnered that attention where people pay attention. Like yeah. Game Awards, I think that most people that have ever watched it watched the last Game Awards. You know, like they yeah. are all realizing like, oh, this E3 thing? That's old news. They also want me to pay for space in LA for some goddamn reason. Mm-hmm. Keeley. Keely would be more than happy uh, if I show up with a fucking CG trailer. <laughs> He's gotten some crazy, like, reveals, too, like, in world premieres. Like, we got the first premiere of Elden Ring with him. Right. He He's made that, like, a standard. Mm-hmm. You know? He's like, hey, bring that good stuff over here, because yeah. it's the right space for it, and I'm not going to ask you to get a, a convention booth. Yeah. You know? Like, of course. I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. Let's do this. So, I don't know that I'm, like, stoked about it one way or another, right? It felt that, like... It just is. It just is. And it's one of those things where it's, like, come summertime, we'll see how it is presented and and, uh, what's put together. At the end of the day, we're going to get announcements for games. Yeah, I recognize that there's a lot of, uh, especially games media folk, that have, like, fond memories of E3. You know, that's their big hangout. That's their kind of, like, even though it is hard work, it's also your... Uh, let your ha- your hair hang kind of week, mm-hmm. right? Where you can be with your your friends or maybe people that you don't get to see very often. And that, it sucks to lose that kind of thing. But um, I would say that the pandemic had already disrupted those notions sure. that you needed to learn how to network in a different way than uh, hanging your hat on like a public event like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially since there, it's a safety concern to this very day. Like mm-hmm. it's 2022 and it's still a safety concern. Don't let... <laughs> Don't let the ESA, don't let PACs, don't let any of these uh, money organizations, for-profit organizations, tell you any different of Mm -hmm. what's going on, okay? Like, I I get it. And then the allure is so there, right? Like, oh, man, all my friends get to hang out. But, um, yeah, I I think we've had to adapt in a lot of different ways over the last few years, the last three years. Mm -hmm. Uh, And one of the effects of that is yeah esa goes away or sorry e3 goes away Mm -hmm. sure makes sense yeah i think it was gonna be this inevitable decline anyway like this felt like it was gonna happen covid just helped accelerate it yeah yeah e3 was trying to be packs uh, Mm -hmm. the last couple years right opening up to public and whatnot Mm -hmm. uh, without really like realizing uh packs already exist yeah like Pax is still going to be there just because you're E3 doesn't mean you're going to siphon out all of the attention. First of all, you're in L.A., mm-hmm. one of the most expensive places in the world, and you expect all fans to travel mm-hmm. directly there. It's not going to happen, right? Pax very smartly seated itself across the, the West, mm-hmm. the East, and the South, and even Australia. I was going to say, yeah. yeah. Australia, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they canceled the South one, though. They canceled the uh, the Texas uh, uh, okay. Pax. So, yeah. 
We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's that's uh, me and Daniel's code word for like, let's just move on. We'll see. <laughs> well, I mean, what, what else can we really... No, I mean, I'm just pointing it out. If you ever you hear know? it on the show, it's like, that means like, all right, we're done. <laughs> I mean, like 26 years of legacy, That that's a big thing, right? We've had a lot of crazy announcements over the years at E3. And like you said, a lot of memories. I mean, um, I'm 32 and I'm a big thing. Nobody's fucking celebrating my legacy. Fuckers. We're going to celebrate you in two weeks, buddy. Doing what? It's no Aries season. It's your birthday. Aries season? This has been the worst Aries season. I've been so angry lately. Angry, Daniel. Hey, hate Do you everything. want to go to one of those like rooms where we, we can break a bunch of things? Uh, you, that's you. That's a you thing. You that's always a, I've never that. done that. You mentioned that almost. Okay. I, I can go back and do a super cut of how many times you mentioned wanting to do that. <laughs> like across podcast. episodes yeah. and streams. All right. Let me get you. Let me pitch you another idea. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Different idea. Different idea. You might hate this even more. Yeah. Yeah. There is an evil dead escape room. I want to go to that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah. Evil dead escape room. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck. Yeah. It's somewhere out in Seattle. Yeah. I saw a poster for it when I was uh, walking around Seattle the other day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like it. I was lost. An officer came up and was like, hello, little boy. Do you like games? And I said, no, cop. <laughs> I don't know where this is going. <laughs> I got a number four for you. Okay. <laughs> PlayStation Plus and PS Now are merging into a new service this June. What's it called? It's just PlayStation Plus again. Wait, where's Spartacus? It's a lack of imagination on that one. Mm. That was a code name. Yeah. Spartacus is a code name. You don't launch something called Spartacus. Why is it that the code names are always cooler than what we get? <laughs> like Dolphin? What like, was that, for the Dreamcast? For the GameCube. Oh, the GameCube. <laughs> <laughs> like Dolphin. <laughs> I think the Wii was a revolution for a while. I, I, I think I might have that backwards. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want Dolphin. Nintendo Give Dolphin. Give me the Dolphin console. <laughs> I want the flipper peripheral. I would like the Sony Otter, please. <laughs> now, the long-rumored Spartacus was said to be Sony's answer to Xbox Game Pass. And now we know it's an answer to a completely different question. That question being, how do we make people care about PlayStation now? <laughs> yep. In June, Sony will merge its successful PlayStation Plus subscription service with its other streaming service thing, PS Now. Users can choose from one of three service tiers, which I am obligated to break down verbally because that's what podcasts do. I could tell you to just go on the PlayStation blog and look it up yourself, but no! <laughs> so we have three fucking tiers. The first one is called PlayStation Plus Essential. Okay. Like, you're breaking down to, like, the water, the air, and the roof. Okay, so here it goes. The benefits is provides the same benefits that PlayStation Plus members are getting today, okay. which includes two monthly downloadable games, exclusive discounts, cloud storage for saved games, and online multiplayer access. There's no changes for existing PlayStation members in this terror. Now, I'm going to price out only for the U.S. because I'm very U.S.-centric. <laughs> It's going to be $9.99 a month, uh, $24.99 quarterly, or $59.99 yearly. A whole year. $60 okay. bucks a whole so year. So same pricing. Same thing. It's literally not different. It's essential. It's not different. It's just, Okay. Now we have the PlayStation Plus Extra. All right. Here we wow. go. Let's wake on up here. So it provides all the benefits from the essential tier. But I'm waking up. <laughs> it adds a catalog of up to 400 asterisk of the most enjoyable PS4 and PS5 games. 
Only the enjoyable ones. That's subjective. So that you can guarantee Babylon's <laughs> Fall won't be on there. Now, it's including blockbuster hits from our PlayStation Studios catalog and third-party partners. Mm-hmm. Games in the extra tier are downloadable for play. Okay. Okay? Because they even recognize that streaming games is dog shit. Now, the price is going to be $14.99 monthly, $40 quarterly, 100 bucks yearly. Okay? Okay. Okay. Now here we go with PlayStation Plus Premium. Let's start. Let's start again. Hang on. Hang on. No, no, no. Let's dial it back. PlayStation Plus Essential. Essential. Extra. Extra. Premium. Okay. Not confusing. No. Not at all. No one's confused. How many tiers are there for Games Pass? One. I mean, there's... Okay, so there's Xbox Game Pass and then there's uh, Ultimate, which comes with the the gold. Okay. Okay, so there's basically two. Mm Mm-hmm. Still still simple. <laughs> all right. Anyway. PlayStation Plus Premium provides all the benefits from essential and extra tiers. Duh. Adds up to 340 additional games, like on top of the 400, yes. I think. Yeah. Anyway. So 740 games. Whoa. PS3 games available via cloud streaming. We'll get to that in a second. A catalog of beloved classic games available in both streaming and download options. I love that they're not specifying. From the original PlayStation, PS2, and PSP generations. Mm. That's the way I read it, by the way. Not not that they will both absolutely be streaming or download. Mm -hmm. It's that they will be available in streaming and download. And download. I'm scared there. Yeah. I'm scared. Like maybe there's going to be cherry picked options. Yeah. Like this is like Jack and Daxter you can download. Yeah. That word, the word both and and are doing a lot of heavy lifting that I don't know matches the reality. Well, like Legacy of Kane, you can only stream. Right. <laughs> I'd be, come on. Yeah. You can stream part one. You can download part two. <laughs> So now this offers cloud streaming access for original PlayStation, PS2, PSP, and PS4 games Mm -hmm. offered in the extra and premium tiers in markets, asterisk, asterisk, where PlayStation Now is currently available. Customers can stream games using PS4 and PS5 consoles and PC. You can stream on PC. That's interesting. Okay. Now, time-limited game trials will also be offered in this tier, so customers can try select games before they buy. Price point? Glad you asked. $17.99 monthly. $49.99 49.99 quarterly, 119.99 yearly. 20 bucks more for a year than our extra. Gotcha. So this value here is essentially like people paying for both PlayStation Now for a year and then PlayStation Plus for right. a year. Right. But you won't be able to get PlayStation Now by itself anymore. Yeah. Like that's done. Okay. So that's I mean good. Happen. I think they needed to phase that out and kind of yeah. evolve it. We we said it before, you need to integrate it in some way, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I got some more words that I wrote. Sure. Fuck off PlayStation blog. The most noticeable difference between the new PlayStation Plus and Game Pass is the lack of new first-party games launching on the service day and date. Okay, it's proven to be a hugely popular tactic employed by Microsoft, but PlayStation boss Jim Ryan doesn't want to go down that road. Jimmy PlayStation told GamesIndustry.biz, quote, I love when you do that. (laughs) Jim Jam Ryan. (laughs) He says, we feel if we were to do that with the games that we make at PlayStation Studios, that virtuous cycle will be broken. I want to throw up. That's such a tech company thing to say. The level of investment that we need to make in our studios would not be possible. And we think the knock-on effect on the quality of the games that we make would not be something that gamers want. That's a threat. So they're basically saying if we didn't charge people a premium for The Last of Us Part 3 or Horizon, Freaky Deaky Boogaloo 3, whatever the third game will be called, we wouldn't get the same quality experience. Yeah. Goshishima would be Goshishima. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Makes a lot of sense. God of War, God of War. I mean... God of 
sure yeah I, these ga- games are expensive to make yeah and obviously you need to turn a profit on them so i mean sure he's just basically saying we don't have the money to make these AAA games and mm-hmm. not sell them whereas microsoft can we we talk about that a lot they diversified their whole fucking business they're not a they're not just a video game company yeah they are we are uh we have a bunch of fucking apps on our phone right now that microsoft owns mm-hmm. we are we have to do our jobs on windows and outlook they're mm-hmm. making money dog <laughs> no they are um but it's it's interesting to hear that because it's like well have we seen have we seen it like a degradation with first party microsoft stuff being available day and date do you think um like halo infinite or Gears six uh i'm yeah i'm actually really 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 struggling to name things that aren't halo or gears from them and yeah maybe he's maybe jim's right forza maybe Oh, yeah, 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 we got Fort, Forza was day and date. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe that's the thing. They don't have a shit ton of, like, first-party games. Mm-hmm. Um, the ones that they do have are notable. Mm-hmm. I can't take that away from them, but I, I don't know. I don't know. It seems like they really uh, rely on the third-party support the most on, on Game Pass. And having those third-party games come out day and date is cool as well. Like, Outriders became a big Game Pass hit. I would give that concession. Like, if you can get us day and date third-party or second-party things, yeah. but still, like, ask us to pay, like, a premium for, like, you know, God of War 3 or whatever, right? Like, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I've always expected the have to. Yeah. Right? There's no way you're going to give me Spider-Man 2 day and date on, on PlayStation, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know? PlayStation Plus Essential Extra Premium. <laughs> now, while over 340 games are coming to the service, actually it's 700 and something. Thank you. Mm-hmm. We only know six by name. That includes Death Stranding, God of War, Marvel Spider-Man, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, Mortal Kombat 11, and Returnal. However, James PlayStation promises they're working with over 200 partners uh, from indies to AAA dev- developers to launch content for PlayStation mm-hmm. uh, Plus 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 Plus. Yeah, and not to mention like all those uh, studios and efforts now that they're going into the the idea of like we're gonna have games of service approaches at launch. Yeah, yeah, I think I think the, this PlayStation Plus 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 might be a better test bed for these games as a service. Like I, you know, we heard the rumor of a Twisted Metal going games as a service. Maybe that's not like something that people would slap down money for but they'd slap down a subscription for Mm -hmm. uh, overall but uh jimothy ryan was talking to games industry about his uh his impression on that and he says an overall subscription service i don't think makes sense for us to like you know have those first party exclusives coming out day and date but he he says like if you look at the individual games they're the ones doing subscriptions for the games you know mm-hmm. like the games themselves would have the subscription so we would we would launch this 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 title a Fortnite title mm-hmm. and then have it be a recurrent model unto itself okay. you know and that's kind of like he he thinks that's where it should be at and I don't think he's wrong with that impression I think we truly are spoiled by what is a very obviously an exception to the rule mm-hmm. which is Game Pass Game Pass is the exception to the rule it is exceptional. Mm-hmm. In, in what it offers to players, and it's the best deal. It really is. Um, but I never thought for a thousand years that PlayStation would have an equivalent service. It was always going to look lesser because of that one nuance, which is you're not going to get God of War Ragnarok day one. Mm-hmm. It's it's not going to happen for you, right? That's what they do, and that's how they're going to do. Makes sense. I'm not, like, mad about it, but I also understand where, like, people are already writing this off. 
Mm-hmm. People are already like, what the fuck is this? And plus, they didn't even announce with like games. Like you, you gave me the promise of PS1 and PS2 stuff, mm-hmm. but now I'm afraid because look at how badly Nintendo's did it with their fucking like SNES and NES shop. Their drip-fed content where it's like, yeah, you're going to get dig-dug in four months and it's like yeah give me fucking games nintendo right and i and i get it like <laughs> like no i'm not I'm, it's not a knock on the games themselves it's cool to have banjo there yeah. it's cool to have Star Fox on yes. there. it's cool to have Star Fox 2 on there by the way and that never came out like majora's mask and like getting like all these like old nintendo 64 games but there's no consistency uh with the curation or when it's coming out yeah and so i'm afraid that they're going to do the same thing and be like oh yeah ps1 classic sign up for 120 year 120 dollars a year mm-hmm. and it'll be like here's oh 20. here's here's crash Mm. here's like gt1 <laughs> here's everything that was on that playstation mini console oh, that came fucked. out a few years ago oh we can't put tony hawk on there man can't, can't, sorry sorry songs that's a guarantee that tony hawk's not gonna be on mm-hmm. there fuck and so, then the ps3 problem yes so i think for me um just you know there was a lot of kind of buzz going into this of this being like the destroyer of games pass and it's like, oh. i don't know that it was ever going to be that because like Microsoft has had that that subscription model baked into their their ecosystem for years now, and they're doing it really well. There's still going to be some catch up that Sony needs to do with this, mm-hmm. and I don't even know that like I'm particularly wowed by the prospect of it. Yeah, I'm, I mean I'm a Sony shill. I'm going to probably dish out for like the second or third tier, what like the the extra or premium tier. All <laughs> um, uh, extra would be the second tier. Thank you very much. Okay, so extra. Or so that's for- PlayStation Plus Plus. Yeah. So that's PS4, PS5 games, but premium, right? Would be premium would be PlayStation Plus 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 Plus. Yeah, that one has the um, PlayStation, PlayStation the trial of games, and then the PS4, PS5, and streaming on PC. Yeah, all of it. So I mean, I feel like I'm gonna get stuck between those two, but I really do want to see what the catalog is first because I'm not quite wowed yet. Like, catalog is king. Yeah. You're, you're you're trying to sell me on a concept, and I'm just like, I know better than the trustee without seeing that lineup yeah. of games. I I might do like the monthly thing just to try it out first, just right. to see if like, okay, is this worth the 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 value of my dollar? You know, mm-hmm. especially right now where like everything is subscription services. I have subscription services on my subscription services. It's, it's insane. It's too much. That's actually that's true. You yeah. can go to Hulu and then get a subscription on top of that, and yeah. it's really annoying. Uh, yeah, it's it's a. Uh, I don't like subscription services anymore, no. man. The promise is gone. The potential's gone. They, it's just another way to carve up uh, the digital space mm-hmm. and ownership online. It's NFTs. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing, too, where, like, I know a lot of people are fucked up about, like, you know, shit getting removed. I mean, we're already kind of seeing it in a small way with the PlayStation Collection and Persona 5 getting removed from that, right? Sure. So, like, it, there's going to be this inevitable revolution of titles, like, coming to and leaving, much like there is with Game Pass currently. Um, and, like, for me, I like to own my games. I think this model is maybe attractive for things that I've maybe always wanted to try out and not buy, and that's obviously what the point of it is, but like I think there are going to be games that I'm going to want to buy and own anyway still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I and I think um, it might be for people how, like I treat Xbox, for instance, mm-hmm. which is I have the system, but I never buy physical copies of games for it. Yeah. I only have Game Pass, and I just rely on what comes out in Game Pass. Mm-hmm. But on my PlayStation, my primary system, I, I'll buy games for it, I have this, my uh, PS Plus subscription soon mm-hmm. to be essential, and um, yeah, I think it's a, a cool way for people to be like, "Hey, 
maybe I'll go spring for that digital PS5 if I can find it from a scalper. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and and then I'll get one of these subscription tiers. And cool, I have access to games that you and me are not going to be excited to see on the catalog because we fucking bought these games. Look at my goddamn shelf over there. I can barely stuff more games. On yeah. That so this is the tough thing for you and I that have been like kind of seated in the PlayStation ecosystem since me for at least like since the PS2. Mm-hmm. Um. Like, we already have a lot of these games, especially with PS4 and PS5. Like, we have huge collections, and it's like, all right, what are you going to wow me with? Like, what what yeah. is the prospect for me with that, at least? Yeah, I might, like, I, I'm not, like, a guaranteed, like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to pick up the highest tier right now. Yeah. I, like you, I might dabble with the second tier mm-hmm. to open up some, some of the classic games, because I think that'd be interesting to stream some of those. Yeah. And I don't mean stream onto my console. You sons of bitches. I mean, actually stream it on Twitch. <laughs> like classic Resident Evil if they actually gets in the catalog. Mm-hmm. Although I'm afraid that they're not going to have anything interesting on there. They're going to be like, here's Resident Evil uh, DualShock Director's <laughs> Cut with the bad, bad basement music. And there you go. And that's all you get. Here's Virtua Fighter 2. 2? Fuck. <laughs> um, the, the other thing with like the streaming versus downloading. You know, we talked about this with Stadia a bunch. But is the infrastructure there? for everybody um no yeah no definitely not i think that's a terrible prospect for anybody that doesn't live in a place that's completely like wired in mm-hmm. and has great internet speeds like this um, is gonna be terrible for people in like the midwest yeah <laughs> yeah it's not gonna be a value proposition i think the download games part is something that i really really enjoy about xbox game pass mm-hmm. so you can download everything on there um, I think it's very unfortunate that the PS3 games you can't download onto your onto your system because we both tried PS now mm-hmm. and having to oscillate resolution where like it just drops down to 480 and looks like garbage yeah. just really impacts the experience of the game. Well, that that's tough when we have like a 4K capable console and like most people have 4K TVs now. Like yeah. that's going to look like muddy garbage. Oh yeah. I love that 4K TVs have this um, uh, retroactive effect of making anything that is older or lower resolution look even worse for mm-hmm. some reason instead of clearer. <laughs> it's really funny to me. It's like, oh yeah, you want to see how fucking awful a PS1 game looks? Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have that problem because I still don't have a 4K TV. You got to get up there, man. Yeah. 4K TVs, they, they hand them out uh, Girl Scouts in front of the Thriftway over there. Hand them out, man. <laughs> you, get, you, get a fucking, you get your third booster, you get a fucking TV. <laughs> you get a TV. They give you a 4K TV. There you go. Here you go. It's already got uh, Roku installed on there. <laughs> get your fire stick with it. <laughs> get your fire stick. Get, get, get uh, what's that one? Um... Kitchen Nightmares is already installed on this bitch. It's always streaming Kitchen Nightmares, whether you're on online or not. That was like the problem you had with your TV where like it would turn on randomly and just start yeah. playing Kitchen Nightmares. Yeah, like it was set to where when it would idle, it would just switch to fucking Kitchen Nightmares. Jesus. Like a whole channel for it. And I would get stuck watching it because I would be like, oh, what's going on? Oh, wow. He's real mad. Yeah. He's real mad. That That is a dirty grill, though. <laughs> disgusting like they should clean that shit you really clean that i would be embarrassed if i yeah. walked back there and then you'd have like an old man like his name's antonio mm-hmm. and he's looking and he's like i'm just i haven't cleaned this since pa died <laughs> well much like antonio in that dirty dirty stove top if sony doesn't figure out figure out a good solution figure for, out for some for, for, for some of the the ps3 streaming on that yeah it's gonna be messy and it's gonna be just as embarrassing as what we got with playstation now yeah yeah and the three tiers seems like a a bit much man do you think that's the do you think the messaging for that is gonna be too confusing for like the average consumer (sighs) i think maybe Mm. um 
just do what Netflix does. Slowly ratchet up the price like we're frogs in hot water and we yeah. don't know that it's boiling. Just just do that. Well, don't don't give me the, the, the their whole thing is like we want to give you options. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Three options? A mess of like what am I going to get versus what I'm not going to get? Mm-hmm. Are you saying I don't get cloud saves? Well, what? <laughs> I, I get that the first option kind of needs to be there as a path of least resistance because they don't want to buck off the people who are already kind of seated in with PlayStation Plus, right? It's like, well, if you don't want to have this like elevated like game collection service, you don't need to have it. But like hmm. if they had just jumped hmm. up and said, hey, the the new version of PlayStation Plus is going to be $100 a year and then your premium is going to be 120 Having those two options, I think, would have been a cleaner messaging for people. But what are some other pros and cons you see of this current like proposition? Like, do you do you think as is like it's it's a good enough sell? Hmm. Without knowing the catalogs of games, especially the classic catalogs, mm-hmm. I I'm like it's a big question mark yeah. right now. Um, I think the pricing is pretty comparable mm-hmm. to what Xbox is already doing, which is like it's fine. You. Could not have gotten away with more money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, at the same time, oh, it's really, really rough. And this is going to be this is going to be the conversation forever for everyone. This is the first thing people are going to bring up. The fact that they are the highest tier is essentially the same price as getting a full year of Xbox Game Pass, mm-hmm. and you don't have first party exclusives day and date. Yeah. Like you've already shot yourself in the foot to say we have the lesser service, right? Um, and that's going to be the conversation. Whether whether you personally think having a back catalog of older PlayStation games makes up for that or not, mm-hmm. that feels like the nails are ready in the coffin yeah. and people are just beating it in like already, right? So I don't know. I I think it's interesting. I like the idea of having the older games. And I think going forward, it'll be pretty cool to not have to spend money on third-party games I'm unsure of. So I think mm-hmm. that's a great, great boon as a PlayStation player because before we didn't have that privilege. Mm-hmm. We, um, privilege, <laughs> but we, we, we had to wait until shit, um, was a part of the two free games of PlayStation plus mm-hmm. the, whatever you want to call it. Which we've seen now. varying quality with. Right? For sure. Like this, this month we have what? Slay the Spire, uh, Battle for Bikini Bottom, and I forget what the third game is. <laughs> it's always things like that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, you're going to get an old THQ game on there. <laughs> Kingdom of Amalar needs a second social media push. <laughs> it's always shit like that. So it'd be, it's going to be better having a catalog to choose from and be like, oh shit, cool. You know? I guess it depends on how the money gets shelled out for it. Because, like, to offer games like that on the service comes at a cost, right? Like, Sony has to give money to these companies to be like, hey, can we have your game on our service? That's true. Like, I feel like Games Pass, like, yeah, it's the the best, cheapest deal in gaming. But, like, God, it's so expensive for Microsoft to probably maintain. And they probably don't make a lot back from it. Right. <laughs> but they can offset it in so many other different ways. I'm, I'm interested to see what, what what's going to happen with this. Is it going to feel as comparable? Or do, are we going to feel like we're getting the right mix of, of indies and third party that Game, po- Game Pass is so successful at? Mm-hmm. Um, how are we going to feel about what's coming into the curation feed, right? Are we going to feel like, hey, they're making us pay for that third tier so we can play PS1 and PS2 classics, but they never update that catalog. Yeah. That's very potential. That's, That's true. big potential, right? Yeah, I mean, look at what uh, Jim Ryan and Herman Holst have said about, like, 
the history of, of uh, PlayStation games and what they think about retro. It's like, why would anybody want to play Gran Turismo 1, you know? <laughs> Maybe because Gran Turismo 7 is completely plagued by microtransactions that are mm-hmm. so steep, uh, it's impossible to unlock shit. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I really hope it isn't like that thing that they just put up there and leave it to, to just rot. Like, I want to see them support it because you have this hungry playstation fan base that wants to see the retro game and the history the retro games and the history of playstation be present and uh available mm-hmm. oh i and i really i really hope it's a great catalog mm-hmm. right for their sake <laughs> your head is like nodding and rolling so much i right know now. i don't know man <laughs> like, I, I don't know like, like we're talking about nothing because i haven't seen the games yeah. like show me the games and if it's like a fucking list of duds i'll be like there we go fuck this right but jim like, ryan show us the games jimothy playstation <laughs> grant uh, grant me the resident evil trilogy please I, that's all i need that's all you want that's all i need that's I'll, all fucking, I'll pay for. i'll pay for it outright man <laughs> i'll pay for it outright and also, are you going to do cool things? Is it going to be trophy for the older games? Trophies for the older games? You know? Come on. Oh, that's a lot to go back and, like, retroactively do. I know, but we've we've seen patents over the years that it's something that they want to do through, like, emulation and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, has it been leading up to this moment? Are we finally getting a payoff for those fucking weird... Because, uh, like, that was... Remember we talked about it. Mm-hmm. To be able to add trophies to older games through, like, emulation and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then also upscale them. Yeah through emulation and in different ways i'm like oh shit like what's it gonna look like this old classic collection yeah i want to see too through like certification how they do it like okay maybe we get 10 trophies for like some of these older titles but do we get platinum still right what do we end up getting because i the 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 trophy system is important to playstation players i know it's a stupid thing outside of the game space like what you say like oh you got a platinum trophy for elden ring what does that even mean can you take that to the bank bitch yeah i can everything to me It's the only thing. It means I got the Age of Stars ending and the Frenzy fucking flame ending. It means I did shit. He held back the stars with his body. That was his childhood horse. (laughs) I try not to choke on my water there. He was the king of Caelan. And you're telling me this platinum was for naught? You son of a bitch. (laughs) <laughs> so this is supposed to launch what in like june. a few months june june yeah june, 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 june. i guess we'll see what it is i guess we'll see <laughs> <laughs> well we gotta wrap this one we up do. We, we gotta do. get the fuck out of here thank you guys for listening to another episode of the save room the only podcast that doesn't have a take on the oscars i knew we were gonna get there eventually <laughs> i was gonna say like the only podcast that didn't slap Chris Rock. <laughs> the only thing yeah, every other podcast slap Chris Rock. I mean, they're coming in there with the oh slap. Ha- uh, slap. Wow, the slap heavy takes. Oh my People God. writing fucking thesis on this slap hurt around the world. Well, rightfully so. Spiral felt like a slap in the face for horror fans. <laughs> oh, oh, that was an easy one. See, yeah. that was a, that was a low hanging fruit. That's true. Just like that joke he told. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, thank you for listening. As we said at the top, you can find us all over the streaming world uh, on SoundCloud, on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play. Just look for the save room. Blue typewriter, two boys. That's us. Two boys. You can also find us on Twitter at Save Room Show. That's it. That's it. We're, up, we're not on TikTok. We're not on TikTok. Nah. What would we even do on TikTok? Mm, I, I find myself funny like, little bits. I find myself very embarrassing on film sometimes because I don't know how to act. Mm. Like, 
you start recording me and I'm like, what do I do? I'm always funnier like when I'm not on the spot. Mm. I'm very mm. funny like off mic. Oh. Yeah. Really? I'm hilarious. I'm not treating this like news. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. You can have like a mini review. Yeah. You know, you can be like, oh, Elden Ring, 10 out of 10. He held back the stars. <laughs> like kind of how kind of funny he's doing like the 60 second reviews. Yeah. And those are loop. cool. Yeah. They, those are cool. They're pretty cool. Yeah, I can complain about Horizon and the berry collecting. Mm. Why am I foraging for berries in the middle of a fight? So stupid. What the hell? Make them heal more or something. Make them heal more. Why am I batching them? I have 36 in my person but can only use 12 at a time. And if I run out of the 12, I have to hold up in the D-pad? What absolute idiot came up with this system? Were you bored? (laughs) Were you getting back at somebody? (laughs) Is this a spite play? (laughs) Yeah, what's Gorilla. going on here? This is—it's so funny because like we're, now that we're done with Elden Ring, we're like we have to, we're forced to go back to games that we put on the back burner, and like you forced. and I are like very begrudgingly going back to Horizon now, where it's like, ugh, ugh, this, the oh. system. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> Why is she talking so much? Yeah. It's so peaceful in the other game, despite the high amounts of violence. And there's a lot. There's a lot of peacefulness. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's get the fuck out of here. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you later. Good night.